The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 61, Interludes and Examinations in which Captain Sheridan convinces Kosh to take a more active role in the war, and Mr. Morden returns. Welcome back to The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, in which my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro, and I, John Cassie, uh, discuss the ongoing and enduring cultural legacy of the 1990s science fiction television program, Babylon 5. Chris, we are in the uh, back nine as we said, uh, both the back nine of season three and the back nine of Babylon 5 itself. And here we are, interludes and examinations. You know, a, a an episode title that led me to believe this was going to be sort of a transitional episode, a kind of filler that we've, we've and we've talked about this, right, you know, right. that recently we've had a number of episodes that feel like they're kind of repositioning cruises. Where, yeah, that's right. Where it's just okay. We're just we're just kind of getting everything ready for the next big thing. But no, right. wham! This was uh, this this one delivered, son. Yeah, no kidding. Um, there was um, yeah. I mean, I had the exact exact mm-hmm. same sort of sense. Mm-hmm. So interludes and examinations. What could this possibly yeah. be? You know, this is sort of not going to be. Uh, you know, haven't we already had an interlude? I, you know, and an examination. I mean, what now? We have interludes and examinations, right? Yes. Um, and in, in past seasons, we haven't gone from a big run of on-arc stories, just a little bit of relief, and then sort of back onto the main arc this quickly, mm-hmm. right? And now we're sort of, you know, we're in, uh, you know, another big blowout of, of good core main storyline arc content. Right. Uh, and, you know... I mean, the, coming up, we have, uh, you know, uh, episodes called War Without End, which gives a, away a little bit more, perhaps, yeah, than Interludes Examination. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. Yeah, right. Yeah, and right. even the breather that we had after the last, you know, four-episode mega arc, um, the right. last three episodes, I would say that that two of them, at least, you know, in, in, in Ship of Tears and in Sick Transit Veer, we certainly had... A substantial amount of of content. That's right. Yeah. Um, even yeah. you know that 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 definitely relates to the larger plot. Even if mm-hmm. if it wasn't directly Shadow War connected, but it's all important stuff. But yeah, this is this is back on the main, back on the A right. line. Right. Near near enough to the sort of A to the A line of the whole series. Mm-hmm. You know, in Ship of Fools, etc. You know, Sick Transit Fear. Near enough to the to the main arc is makes no difference, right? Yeah, right. You know, kind of leaving only Avalon in some respects as your, um, you know, kind of breather slash filler, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we have in, in this episode? We've got desperation sort of building upon desperation, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the, uh, you know, we've got Sheridan and... Ivanova working out 
trouble with the non-aligned, the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, right? Yep. The the game, game, uh, g- game, game, game. The because game. they're because they're named for Neil Gaiman. Uh, so the because Lurker's the, Guide says yes. Yeah, yeah, and the helmet is. I, I remember this from from when we watched it the first time because the the helmet looks a lot like the helmet that uh, the Sandman wears in the the comic that Neil Gaiman wrote. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, any throwback to, uh, you know, to Sandman mm-hmm. is a throwback worth worth giving some consideration to, mm. right? Yeah. Neil Gaiman's last um, good work. Tut tut. Okay. Good Omens was okay. <laughs> good Omens was dynamite. Yes. But it was sort of at the same time. It was at the same um, time. Yes. Uh, you know, you've got in that in that exchange. I think one one of the most sort of salient points that a that a starfaring race has uh, has offered to this point, why on earth would I come and help you? Yeah, you lose every battle you fight, right? Yeah. You know, give give me something that shows that you can bring a little bit more to the table than you appear to be able to. Mm-hmm. Right? It was, uh, you know, it was France to the United States. Yeah. De- it, de- de- deliver proof that you're not about to fold, and we'll think about coming in on your side. We really want to, mm-hmm. but we're not going to do it just to expand, uh, you know, uh, a British internal concern into a national, into a global concern, yeah. without, you know, without Saratoga. You know, but it's but it's 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 worse than France though because it's 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 if we if we poke our heads up. England will notice us, and they will come and yes. crush us. So we're yes. just going to stay here and keep our heads down. Yes. Um, it it would be much more like if if you know the the 18th century England uh, were populated by by a, a ravenous Mongol horde. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's like oh okay, America, yeah, you're gonna model. you're gonna okay. That's that's cute. That's really adorable. But um, yeah. we're gonna stay over here and stay alive. Right, and of course, it never works. Right, no. which is which is sort of the whole underlying kind of con- con- you know uh, continuity here. Right, is that oh, well, you want to be last, you want to be picked off last. Yeah, well, then just wait. Right, right. it's not like they're not going to find you. It's right, especially when you know. Okay, historically, maybe there are situations where it, where it works out. But in in fiction, especially where you're having kind of this this allegorical fiction like Babylon Five certainly is, then then simply by saying we're going to stay over here so we're not noticed, you've just signed your entire species death warrant. You're dead That's in five correct. episodes. Your planet is right. going to be razed to the ground, exterminatus. <laughs> right. right, right, totally. Yeah, uh, yeah. The sort of the shadows as Mongols is a good, uh, you know, it's kind of a good metaphor because even if you were not uh, directly seen by the Mongols, um, you were you were indirectly seen, right? Yes. I mean, they sort of knew where everyone was, mm-hmm. right? And then there were there were people right in front of them who needed to be, you know, dealt with, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they were certainly no no fading flowers, right? Like, oh well, we'll we'll come back around and deal with you in the fullness of time, Cambodia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We'll deal with you. Uh, um, Inuit speaking, uh, you know, peoples of the of the remotest far north mm-hmm. don't think we're not onto you, 
Yeah. We are on to you. You know, mm-hmm. um, and of course the shadows are much the same, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just that they haven't gotten to you yet. It's not that they're not going to. They most definitely will. And and your strategy of of appeasement or what what have you is is not going to work here. It never does. You um. Yeah, you, it never does. No, and and I think that this. It's pretty clear that this League of Non-Aligned Worlds was maybe more like the League of Nations. That it was yeah. just it was it was too young to survive this kind of threat. You know, it, it didn't it didn't have enough momentum behind it to be able to stand up against these com- this coming of shadows, right? Um, in the way that they really needed to. The minute that they started picking off worlds in in ones and twos, and that the Centauri started picking them off in ones and twos. You know, it, they all turned on each other. Right, they turned on each other when what they should have done is turned towards each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and made some kind of you know m- mutual defense pact or or something. It it shows the degree of kind of mutual suspicion mm-hmm. that is sort of fundamental to Babylon 5's universe. Um, that the great powers cannot find common purpose against a, a major enemy without an extremely high level of drama. You'd right. think that the smaller powers would have a little bit more presence of mind. You'd hope it, but yeah, if but they we don't did, see it, then you wouldn't have the opportunity for the humans to come in and, and be the white knights you know right shining heroes kind of thing save right. the day right uh, another uh, uh another point about this is once again failing to use robin curtis as uh yeah you know, was, a, 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 yeah bring her in come on uh, yeah i mean my 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 understanding of her career in the mid 90s or by this point the late mid 90s is that She's available. I didn't look up her IMDb page, but uh, I don't recall her being in, you know, massive Hollywood blockbusters at this time. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm being sort of flippant about her. Yeah. But by the same token, she was the person in all of this League of Non-Aligned Worlds content who actually was kind of a badass. Right. You know, well, you know, you know, that whole Death Walker sequence... Mm -hmm. You know that that episode was was vastly improved by her work, in some mm-hmm, respects, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, you have perhaps the opportunity. You know, think about you know think about bringing her in, right? right? So you've got you've got the shadows moving ever more openly, mm-hmm. uh, and proving ever more intractable by you know by our heroes, right? Well, right? because they're 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 doing the classic situation that has really baffled Western military powers for the last 50 years of their, st- I mean, initially at least fighting a guerrilla war. Right. They're not lining up in nice, pleasant rows and, you know, allowing, you know, a battle of the line kind of situation. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're doing these hit and run attacks. There's no pattern behind it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and space is, is, is pretty darn big. How do you... Right. How do you defend? Right. Yeah, you can't defend against them militarily because you can't anticipate what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. 
you have no idea what they're doing behind the scenes because the way they do it, they're called the shadows, right? They, they function they, in that sort of dark realm. They don't have an embassy where you can go and sit down and talk to their representative. Right. They don't even have territory insofar as the major powers have been able to draw on the map. Right. Right. I mean, they know that the Hadoom is associated with them. Right. But there's but no... But they don't even know... You know yeah, there's I mean, no but, home. But, there's, no, there's no supply lines. There's, no, there's nothing right. that, where you can, you can wage a traditional war against right. them um, right. and and that that and they use that to their to their advantage to stir up fear among mm -hmm. the non-aligned worlds and and cause them to turn on one another etc so, right 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 yeah, yeah i mean they're they're even they're doing their you know they've done their homework they've thought about this for a thousand years yeah i mean they they at least with the vorlons you know where the vorlon empire is mm -hmm. right you cross that border you're never coming back Right. I mean, that's established over and over again, right? Right. But when you're dealing with an entity that functions more like the Irish Republican Army, the Palestine Liberation Organization, Al-Qaeda, yeah. the Red Brigades, Mujahideen. the the Bader Meinhof, you mm. know, all these kind of um, infiltrating... That's the third time someone's mentioned Bader Meinhof this week. Is that true? It's just an, in reference to bitter Meinhof syndrome. Oh, I will Sorry. kill you. I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist. This I mean, is, it's right this there. Is, this but, is me once again catastrophically failing my, like, and I'm going to throw you a little softball and you can hit it out of the park and but, no. But in on, all honesty, I did mention it to, uh, I did reference it to to our, our friend and uh, former co-host of the show, Bill uh, Lynch, yes. earlier, earlier, just earlier today. So it was square in the, the my forebrain. Yeah, good old Bader and good old Meinhof. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Little, uh, the other, the other, of course, uh, entity that comes to mind, uh, and I'm just saying this because I just love saying this word. Please. The Symbionese Liberation Army. Terrific, terrific name. I love the Symbionese. What the mm -hmm. hell is? I don't even. What does that even mean? Who knows? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but because they function in this kind of distributed cell. Where are they really? What are they doing? Other than what we can see, which we know is the, you know, the the ten percent of the you know the iceberg, right. right? We don't know what's beneath the surface, right? It just it it leads to a kind of civilization wide existential dread, mm -hmm. right? And we see that dread, frankly, in Londo, right. Right. It's definitely, I mean, everything is, is wearing on him. Right, right. With, uh. with Jakar, we get ever more determination, mm -hmm. right? In, in our human characters, I think we're dealing still with them trying to come to terms with what happened with the Clark government mm -hmm. and their independence declaration, I don't think they're putting their their mental attention to the meta cognitive concerns about the shadows in a way that Jakar has been spending the last three seasons doing, right? Right. You Which know, is all as part kind of, of a philosopher, plan. it's it's right, the, yeah, right. they're, they're doing the divide and conquer. They they had a plan to keep the humans busy, and if if it weren't for these you know those meddling kids out on that 
that station, yep. then they would have gotten away with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you don't have a you don't have a clear sense or a strong read on some of the kind of Mimbari metaphysics or meta you know meta level understanding of yeah of shadows you know what's going on with them culturally you know yeah have they been addressing it other than delenn yeah and yeah yeah. and and you know it seems like the you know like i said the shadows took their time and thought about this and and they're not just going in willy-nilly here they yeah you know, they had plans you know we're gonna do this the centauri and narn are taken off the table we were gonna the humans occupied over there did they have a plan for the mimbari mm. there's no evidence is there no and you'd think that they would which of course makes me think well of course they do they do and i'm just they just haven't deployed it yet yeah. no 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 it's not a matter of remembering or not mm-hmm. they just haven't they haven't played that card to the table yet. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, unless they uh, unless they somehow have been influencing Delenn or influencing the rest of the Drake the Grey Council. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's no evidence that they had any that they had any role in Delenn's decision to not become the the leader of the Grey Council. Right. Right. I mean if you try to make that case, that's gonna be I can't see that's that. A, that's a that's a hard that's a hard argument to yeah. And to I don't advance. see I don't see them pushing the sides Earth and and Minbar towards uh, towards the war. Right. You know I don't think there was any hand involved in that. It seems, especially if we look back just at uh, uh, at, at Avalon, um, the start right. The, uh, right the initial causes of the war there seem to be pretty. But but yeah, they, you would think they would have. They would have some sort of plan to isolate them or or so, you know, confusion and chaos. Yeah. Bar. I'm, it's it's surprising. And, and maybe maybe it's coming. Maybe I just, you know, like I said, not remembering it from from back in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting to me about that is if they had such a thing, which you'd think they would have. What possible benefit do you gain by delaying deploying it? Mm hmm. Right. Why would you not have already started down the road mm-hmm. if you have such a thing? And why would you not have a, 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 a at least a strategy? Yeah. Right. You know, I'm, I'm it was the Minbari that 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 beat them back, you know, a thousand years ago. You know, Lex Luthor does not take on the Justice League and not have a plan for Superman. Right. And I, I subscribe to this uh, blog that publishes a couple of times a month, Unusual Maps. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Strange Maps, mm-hmm. okay? And a couple of couple of weeks ago, to the point about un, unlikely military planning, okay? Mm-hmm. It had two maps that showed how the Canadian general staff in 1919 or like 1916 or some crazy, like, uh-huh. like that, had planned invasions of the United States in order to prevent uh, a an anticipated invasion of Canada by the United States. Huh. Okay. Okay. So it's like, well, we have to we have to get all the way to Portland, 
right? Which Portland? In the Oregon. Oh. Okay. In in the West, in order to seal off, you know, a potential pathways of materiel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Get it? You know. And we have to conquer the entirety of New England. So Portland, Maine, too, right? Sure, sure. But you know, and and they're and they had all these kind of you know uh, you know material drops and you know mm. quick uh, you know kind of lightning fast moves take the Americans by surprise, mm-hmm. push them back, so that we're fighting the war on their territory rather than in the narrow band of populated territory of ours mm-hmm. that that hugs along their border, right? Yeah. And I thought, well, if you've got that, then virtually any military plan from almost any country might exist to do, it would seem, anything, right? A Canadian plan to invade the United States in the 20th century. I never thought such a thing would exist. You know, I'm sure think tanks, you know, make sufficient money to be happy by coming up with plans for the most inconceivable thing that could happen. And filing right. away in a drawer somewhere, right? Just right. Just in case, um, right? So, I mean, to to to, my, to the point, uh, if such a thing exists in our in our world, I, I would, I just have a hard time believing that the that there aren't shadow cells at work mm-hmm. on Minbar. Or there's not a shadow concept of how do we how do we eliminate the Minbari from yeah. the war, in yeah. uh, you know in in a quick strike or in some kind of mm-hmm. prolonged political or cultural right. uh, war of attrition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I suppose we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because I think if we, you know, if we assume, and there's no reason not to, that Morden is a typical example of the shadows. Yes. You know, he is, he is on point in this episode with his conniving and, and evil doing. You know, he is. Oh, he's never better. This is he's he has brought all of his talents to bear. Right, Lord Morden True. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, as Mordeny as you can be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that bit at the end where he's he. Oh, you know, well, before you before Rifa stopped talking to me, he mentioned something. If only I'd been able to to speak with him a little bit more, then maybe I right. could have foreseen this. Right. Oh. oh, he's so unctuous. Yes. Yes. He's so oily. He's so evil. Mm-hmm. Or he's so he's so committed to the shadow cause. Right. Right. You know, there there are those, you know, on the Facebook group and whatever who've said, careful. Not evil. Not evil. Yes. Chaotic. Maybe. You know. Don't 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 assign to them don't don't assign to them values that they have not properly earned. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's, I, I'll accept that. Okay. Yeah, he's he's showing some good improvisational evil. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, he's he's able to to adapt his plans. Uh, and you know, when he stumbles across the situation with Adira, right? Really, almost completely by happenstance, because if he hadn't bumped into Veer, and Veer hadn't ticked him off, right? He wouldn't have gone seeking out that information. He wouldn't have had a chance to get that information. Right. To strike back at Londo. So. Right. A strike back to Londo was always something that would be, you know, kind of in his, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in his longer term planning. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a goal, uh, you know, d- 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 that, is, that is desired. Yeah. You know? I just don't, I don't think that Londo had 
an opening as much as he's sort of a walking vulnerability of right. um, you know, of just vice and greed and power lust. You know, there wasn't right. there wasn't a specific Achilles heel. Yeah, I don't think that there was. I mean, yes, we're, we want to have a plan to get Londo in some way. The shadows want to have some way of of getting back at him, but you know, he just he didn't. There wasn't an opening. There wasn't a, an opportunity until this Adira situation came back up. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's not going to spend his. He's not going to spend his chips, you know, uh, 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 tinkering along the side, right? Dealing with Londo just for the sake of it, right? Right. But anyone's going to take the low-hanging fruit that suddenly oh, appears. Absolutely. Right. Although, you know, and and although I, I, I guess it was the the emotional distress of losing Adira, but I was surprised that Londo got played so easily, for being such a player that he is of the political game. That he was that that tra- manipulated by that transparent of a of a lie. Mm. He's in a place where he's always kind of struggled with relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Pestilence, famine, death, right? Right. And he had built Adira up to be something that she probably never really was. And I think that in placing so much of his fragility into this relationship, because the relationship would somehow make him whole and uh, fully himself again, mm. right? When, when the relationship is taken away... In this case, you know, it, by, you know, Morden, right? right? But if it had happened from Rifa, I think it might have been the same level of self-negating, tri- you know, uh, uh, triggering, mm-hmm. right? I don't care anymore. Let the galaxy burn. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that that's his, that without Adira, that's his reaction no matter who does it. Mm-hmm. Right? If fair, it were fair. if it were if it were just a transport accident, right, then he could rail against the universe. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is. No. And so I that's my read of it at least. Mm-hmm. Right. That yeah. he can't it's not something he could overcome. Mm. Because he'd he'd put so much of his identity into it he'd put so much of parts of his identity that he's otherwise suppressed into carrying the water of this relationship right right that once she's gone all of that is kind of swept away with it mm-hmm. you know what whatever was left of londo that made him not the sort of bad londo yes <laughs> you know yes. you know good good londo shh, swept away yeah and what are we left with broken bitter uh, uh, dysfunctional mm-hmm. Londo. Yeah. And we'll see how that plays out, of course. Right. Right, because that's going to that's gonna play out, right? Oh, yeah. Speaking of manipulating people into, into doing what you want them to do and, and the dire consequences thereof. Yeah. Are, is this a segue? This is a segue. 
Well done, sir. Let's let's put a lampshade right on the top of that. Rock on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheridan and Kosh. Oh, well, of course, that's what this episode ultimately is going to be remembered really, for, right? Yes. Yeah. And Sheridan has, has pushed back on Kosh before and been frustrated by the the training. Sure. Um, to whatever extent Kosh actually did train him. I, you know, we didn't get a sort of montage of... of psychic battling or leadership skills or something along the yeah, way. Yeah, karate kid style. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which you know, is maybe to the good. <laughs> we got a couple of instances of him saying, you know, I'm I'm training you to be a leader for the, to, to, to be able to fight this war. But I don't think we ever saw exactly in what ways Kosh was doing that. Yeah. What lessons was yeah. he teaching? You know, where, where was the Yoda-ing here? There just wasn't any. Yeah. Um, and of course, maybe it's that Kosh sets up these circumstances yeah. Uh, no, K- K- Kosh and the Vorlons are akin to the shadows. They do most of their work in secret. Right. And and you, you are only aware of their passing, uh, mm. you know, because you happen to catch them out of the corner of, you know, the corner of your eye or, mm. you know, you hear, you know, wh- you know wh- whispers and shadows, that kind of thing. Right. You know. Um, yeah. But clearly, I mean, as we as we could tell from the minute that we met him, Sheridan is not the sort of person that's going to, that that's going to sit well with. Yeah. There's virtually no chance that's going to sit well. No, he's, he, he wants, he wants the direct, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want me to learn something, you know, give Mm -hmm. me the book, give me the manual. Mm -hmm. I'll take it and I'll learn it. Mm -hmm. I'll internalize it. Yep. I'm a principled man of action. Yep. Right. I don't need any of your cerebral mumbo jumbo. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not Jeffrey Sinclair. Right. Don't don't lead me along with your sort of interesting abstract mental constructs. Yeah. You know, lead lead me as I need to be led. You know, as a Vorlon of action. But of course, yeah. that's not really cautious jam as a rule. You know, as a rule. But he's kind of he's kind of you know he's kind of pushed there. You know, and, and yeah, we get an uh, an idea of how dangerous it is to upset an individual Vorlon. Yes. Um. Which seemed a little out of character that he could be pushed and manipulated that easily, but uh, but I can see where it was. I, I think I think my sense is that 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 Kosh had a lot of the same internal struggle, and he was asking himself a lot of the same questions. Yes, that Sheridan was asking, and and yes, you know, they 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 wanted to become involved, but they knew the cost. Right, they knew the cost of themselves, and perhaps in their um their endless making of strategy and endless reflection on what's happening. They just wanted to continue to study and consider, mm-hmm. reflect on and, and decide, you know, but they didn't want to act. Yeah. Which is of course, you know, the prime mode of operation for a Sheridan. Yeah. Or they, they were going to wait until the right moment to act, which would be much later down the line. Yeah. They 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 didn't want to they didn't want to expose themselves too early. So they you know, this was not this was not part of their carefully laid out plan. Yeah, their carefully laid out master plan that yeah. takes nine thousand uh you know, pages of Vorlon text, you mm-hmm. know, to you know, to understand. Um while several, you know, thousands of other worlds burn along the way. 
as they're right. just they're waiting for exactly the right moment to you know to begin. R- r- right. You know, when we get to this episode, the reasonable the reasonable person is saying, well, if if not this, then really what? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how, what more do you need? The, yeah. you, the galaxy is ablaze. What are you waiting for? Which ultimately is Sheridan's point. Right. Right. I mean, really, what I need from you is a 100% unvarnished, on tape, ass whooping. Yeah. That is what I now need. The only person who can provide that is you. I am no longer interested in your Zen mumbo jumbo BS and nonsense. Mm -hmm. What I need is for you to deploy your fleet, ready or not, because none of us are ready, and do the business. Yeah. Damn the consequences. At least the Vorlons are on the same plane as the Shadows. Nobody else is. Right. You know, even if they're not ready. You know, you're, right. you're going to at least you're going to have surprise. You're going to you're going to stand a chance. We aren't. Full stop. And and of course, in doing so, that's you know they 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 reveal that they are this the ancient enemy of the shadows. But I sure. But, but I I find myself wondering how could the shadows not have figured that out either by now or pretty soon anyway. That I mean, is a little you know that's a little hard to they're, to they're to buy. super yeah, powerful. They're you know, as you said, you know, we they're super mysterious. We know that if you go to their world, you know, that's it. Right. They have, everybody knows that they have these sort of phenomenal abilities and powers to some degree. Right. And I bet if you go digging around in the, in the history books, you find that before about a thousand years ago, there wasn't anybody calling themselves Vorlons, you know, kicking around the galaxy in encounter suits. Right, right. They just kind of set themselves up in a secret identity. Well, you know how how well how well padded is it? Right, um, right. So you know, the shadows were going to figure it out eventually. Oh yeah, they had sooner to. rather than later. They had to. emphasis on sooner. Right. Same same arguments that I made a few minutes ago about you know their their plans against the Minbari. They they had to know that these older races were still were still around. Didn't they? I mean, it seems to me. You'd think. And, you know, have they been going around, you know, we've seen ones and twos of these great old ones. Yes. You know, have they been kind of going around and picking them off here and there? Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. I'd like to know, I guess, you know, we we talk about wanting the, the, you know, 500 page, you know, novel or, or. 10 episode miniseries about the logistics of Babylon five. I, I, I want to know what's, I want to know about the, the planning and logistics of the shadows. What, how were they, you know, what did they have developed going into this war? You know, as they, as they kicked things off, what were their, I want to know their contingency plans. I want to know, you know, I want to know all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Same. But I mean, you know, that's, that's back to our desire for that level of detail. Right. 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 That, we're never going to get, and that mm-hmm. probably most people don't even want, you know? Yeah. Kosh as Sheridan's dad? Well, he's played the, the coming in as a dad card to Jakar. Yep. Before. Um, and it's it's fitting with 
with who they are. They're going to come in as a as a respected paternal figure, wise and unquestionable. Um, they're not going to come in as you know. They're not going to appear as uh, as your, as, a, as a kid brother or uh, or something yeah, Marmaduke, like that. Marmaduke, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That'd be great. Um, hey, John. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. None yeah. of that. Um, um, oh, who I thought that, that was a nice. Yeah, go. Oh, it was, uh, it was when, when, when in the peyote uh, hallucination that Homer Simpson experiences when doesn't the great, the great coyote spirit appear to him as, as Johnny Cash or something like that? I have no memory of this. Oh, show notes, people. Show notes. Hmm? Okay. Jim Morrison? Does he appear as Jim Morrison? Oh, Allie says he's, that she thinks it was Jim Morrison. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll look huh. it up. We'll find out. Huh. Why hasn't Allie ever co-hosted this program? With any number of reasons. Any number of reasons. <laughs> um, I've I've offered. I've offered. She has no interest in uh, in co-hosting an episode. Nope, she's shaking her head over there. Shaking her head. Ah, I've well. gotten the same. You got the from, same from uh, John. From John. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm like, hey, do you want to? What do you think? You want to be on the? You want to be on the show? It's like a little bit of eye rolling. It's like I have leveling to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm allowed 50. I'm allowed 50 characters in WoW, and one of them isn't a level 120. These so characters aren't going to grind themselves. These characters. Well, they can. Yes, it's a very quite. different game. <laughs> um, Those are on special servers. That's right. Um, yeah. Ew. Yeah. World of Warcraft. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. At, ni- at night. At After night. Dark. <laughs> um. I thought the I thought the parts I thought the bit with um, Kosh as Sheridan's dad and Sheridan was nicely written. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought that was a nice piece of that was a yeah. nice piece of work. Um, it totally reveals that the Vorlons are wickedly paternalistic. Oh yeah, right, and you know, sort of view view humans as being barely children. Right. You know, uh, but that's what we would have expected. Right. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that when you you get through this episode and you think about that sort of paternalistic stuff, for me, I kind of went back and was thinking a little bit about Lita Alexander. And under Vorlon influence, Lita Alexander has definitely taken on some of that, oh, young races of the galaxy <laughs> kind of, you know, uh-huh. paternalistic tone. Mm. To some of her, uh, you know, to some of her ways of interacting with, with humans. Yeah. You know, with her former, you know, compatriots and right. and lackeys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I we've talked about the fact that an earlier episode this season won the Hugo, mm-hmm. um, Severed Dreams, as I recall. Yep. Um, I wonder if maybe this might have been a, a you know another contender for uh, you know for that for that honor. I thought this was a pretty great episode. Yeah. Um, I think Severed Dreams works better because it's sort of the crescendo of an arc. Uh huh. Um, you know, whereas this is. Even though I I started off by saying I was expecting this to be set up and it's not set up, but it's it's 
there's a lot of setup here. Yeah, that's I true. I think you got to know more going into this than you than you needed to know. You know, if you just went into this cold. Yeah. You know, then then you need to know watching Severed Dreams. Yeah. You know, so some random Hugo voter who isn't familiar with the show, not that I can conceive of that in 1996, but uh um uh, you know, this this might be a tough entry point. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I I, I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think we have to spend a couple of minutes on Franklin and Garibaldi. Sure. Yep. Um, you, you know we've uh, we've bemoaned some of this very special episode stuff because it wasn't handled in our judgment as effectively as it might. But I think that this particular episode, which brings sort of a conclusion to that storyline and sets it off on its new direction is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. definitely. Um, and you know, if, if anybody is going to make Franklin confront his, his addiction issues, you know, Garibaldi is the person to do it. Sure. One, um, but he doesn't do it with, you know, he, he, he comes to the edge of forcing the issue, but he's still got too much respect for his, for his friend to do that. Um, right. He, as much as forces it without mm-hmm. forcing it. Right. Right. You know, taking it to the brink kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, if let's, let's for a moment say that Franklin, you know, doesn't overhear the conversation in the Zocalo, doesn't. You know, go and check the test results himself. He's still right. in denial. Right. Forces Garibaldi's hand to confront him. That certainly could. You know, if you're if you're looking at this from from a from writing this story in a in a meta perspective, you know that's that's going to strain the relationship between those characters. It might even break Stephen Franklin away from trusting any of the the core team of the, right. Of the, and and then you've got to deal with all the ramifications of that. So, um, so this is, I mean, within the the meta context of the story, this is a good way to handle it. Um, you know, it certainly seems in keeping with both of their personalities, right? Um, and and certainly the the more, I'm going to say, the more evolved Stephen Franklin that we've seen building over the past couple seasons, as opposed to the Stephen Franklin that we saw in Avalon, right? Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons why that that Avalon version was so, uh, you know, was so grinding on my gears was mm-hmm. because it's like this is not, you put in all this effort to get this character to this place, to have this transformation, and you're having him do this stuff again. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, lot of respect for. For Michael Garibaldi, mm-hmm. um, you know, character who continues to show that at his heart, it is his personal relationships that that you know that Definitely. matter most, right? Yes. And I thought that was a nice piece of acting from Jerry Doyle again, yeah. who yep. you know we've said give him more to do mm-hmm. always because he's good, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and let's give a shout out to uh, to Doctor Hobbs, you know, sort of the NPC. That helps to push yeah. this situation along here. I think I think she did a, a um, she did a, a great job, and uh, 
you know, back to the IMDb corner. Oh, good grief. Oh, Go. come on. Come on. You love it. You know it. I do. Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Balgobin, I believe. I'm Jennifer probably, Balgobin. Okay. I'm probably horribly butchering that pronunciation. Presumably uh, Dr. Hobbs. Dr. Hobbs, yeah. Yeah, yeah go. She was, uh, she played Lieutenant Price in a little episode called Sugar Dirt of <gasps> Space Above and Beyond. Oh, crap. The best, I think, episode of Space Above and Beyond. Yeah. That there was. Yeah, that episode is in a in an arc of brutality of you are so so committed to these characters and this episode's like we're going to push them and you right right to the edge of what you can cope with. Mm-hmm. Man, that episode was bloody great. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to have to, well, I just watched it, rewatched it six, six months ago, but, yeah. uh, really you know, I have to go. That it's not available on any streaming anywhere. Yeah. You know, for, Is that true? I, I've never been able to find it, you know, the yeah. DVDs that I have. Um, and, and we've, we've talked about it so much. I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating for people yeah. who, who yeah. hear us talk about it and, and want to go watch it and can't. Hi, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I told you to take I, the DVDs last time you were here. You didn't. Yeah, right. Um, God, that show was so good. Um, yeah, I thought she, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, and you know, good on. Good I can't on recall her. if she's back for. Yeah, she is back. For she the is. Next, for, she's for, back for a couple of episodes, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get her for a little, Excellent. a little go around. Um, but I think that uh, I think that puts a bow on this. Am I missing anything? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much here. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I think um, I suspect that the you know that our audience will agree that this is this is the kind of episode that television writers of our contemporary age look back to and say, ah, okay, this is how this sort of thing is done. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at. You look at you look at George R. R. Martin's sort of Game of Thrones, right? Right. It's not about the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's about the Night King, right? You look at the Expanse. It's not about Earth, the, Mars, the, belt. the Earth Mars belt. Mm-hmm. It's about the proto molecule, right? Right. Um, and the faster you realize what this is actually about the more you'll be able to direct your attentions where it needs to be. Um, and of course, we're at the, we're at that, that inflection point. Right. The next episode is War Without End. Uh, we're actually going to have, have one in there before War Without End because we're following the, the master episode oh, right, guide, the master order, guide right. and, and Walkabout uh, is, is, you know, War, yeah, oh, War Without End aired after before. this one. Walkabout's yeah. going to come first. So that's where you'll, you'll find us next week, folks. Okay. Um, yeah. So folks, next week, uh, we're walking about. Yep. We're meeting the new Kosh. Same as the old Kosh. Who is number one? <laughs> You are Ambassador Kosh. <laughs> All right, Chris, until next time, folks, you know where to find us, uh, you know, uh, online, Facebook, and so forth. Go to iTunes. Leave a, leave a review. Uh, yeah, what else are you doing that's worth your choo- time? Choo- choose some stars. Give us Choo-choo. some. Yeah.
And uh, folks, we'll see you in a few. Bye for now. Bye. Clap.